Welcome to our third Connecting Conversation tonight as we are joined with Ian Dart, who will be speaking to us about Sunday Sermon, which was uh, moving from failure to freedom. Uh, a little bit about the concept of Connecting Conversations. If you're joining with us for the first time, lovely to have you. Pop a comment in, let us know where you're watching from. And the idea of connecting conversations is really that you can engage with us. So Ian and I will both be able to see the comments that come up. We won't be able to respond to all of them. But uh, if there's a question there or, or something which, uh, which adds to our discussion, we, we would love for you to, to pop a comment in, be part of the engagement, and we'll uh, chat to that too. Uh, seeing a lot of uh, a few comments coming up already. That's great. Lovely to have you all watching with us. So, without any uh, further ado, uh, let me bring in uh, Ian Dart. Ian, it's uh, it's lovely to have you with us. Thank you for uh, willing to being willing to be part of um, our connecting conversations, and uh, it's good to be able to join you. Good to be able to join you too, Stuart. Uh Hello to everybody out there in Cyberland, and uh, <laughs> great to be here. Was this the talk on, uh, which talk was this one, Stuart? I can't remember. Uh, well, this, this is the Elite the... Athlete Series 2. <laughs> Listen, I know, I know we had tomorrow last week doing, uh, doing having done some incredible triathlons, uh, but you've got some athletic prowess yourself, haven't you? You've had some major achievements, I've heard. Uh, absolutely, Stuart. Uh, <clears throat> I peaked very early. Uh, in my career. <laughs> I wish I had it with me, but I have a ribbon which says I was the district age champion for boys born in 1966. But, uh, <laughs> that was in 1971. So the absolute pathetic truth is that I still hold on to that as a uh, somewhat uh, <laughs> well, uh, trying to uh, hold something uh, of a candle to uh, having uh, uh, some sort of sporting prowess, but uh, no, it was great to hear tomorrow last week, and uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, in, you know, uh, we can put all things in context. Uh, tomorrow did those triathlons; that's that's wonderful. You you scored your your victory in at five years old. That's really impressive. So yeah, I, I, I failed to uh, follow up. how you in, look at it. <laughs> Nineteen seventy-two was a tragic year. I, I fell over at the uh, thirty-meter mark and. Uh, <laughs> ran off the track crying i think that uh i didn't i didn't follow up but uh anyway oh, yeah, so. oh so it's just as well we're talking about failure then yeah maybe that's uh yeah a good way to come into the to the discussion and um I've, i said basically you're an elder and you're also a lay preacher in Bundaberg uniting church long-time member there um that's uh, a pretty uh a pretty small introduction for you, and I was just wondering if you would tell us a little bit about yourself, a little bit about your life, your interests, your work. Um, I know you live on a cane farm, and that's uh, not everyone would know about that. <laughs> no, not everybody would want to know about that, probably. But uh, uh, oh, a little bit about myself, I, I guess. Um, uh, well, in a nutshell, uh, married to Vanessa um, in '92, uh, uh, we moved to Bundaberg in '90. Four, with a uh, three-week-old baby boy uh, who's now <laughs> living with his wife, our wonderful daughter-in-law, Alana, in uh, Brisbane. And um, since we were here in Bundaberg, 
uh, Emily came along and she was born in 96. Um, she's, uh, she's currently, uh, she's studied as an environmental scientist and uh, I guess she's, uh, she's just um, followed in some ways in, 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 her, in her old man's uh, tracks and her interest in, in agriculture. But we're very proud of our, our kids and uh, the fact they've grown up in the church. I came to Bundaberg with, uh, uh, Vanessa and I came to Bundaberg uh, because I got a job here with Bundaberg Sugar and I've been with them for, uh, well, coming up 26 years. And uh, okay. yeah, so uh, I've trained as a ag agricultural scientist, I suppose you'd say, agronomist, uh, which, um, uh, yeah, I think I've been drawn to uh, that area from a very early age. Uh, so I think I was born to be agricultural, I think, but uh, yes. I think um, uh, probably Google's most uh, searched term, uh, agronomist. <laughs> agronomist. Uh, it's like something it's you what, get removed from your ears. What, one uh, of the more popular careers in agriculture, I'm sure, yet. Uh, agronomy, yeah. agron agronomy is, for those who don't know. Well, for those ignorant people who've never heard of it, it's, it's, <laughs> it's the study of uh, producing food and fibre. Uh, efficiently and economically so there's a Great. succinct uh, definition <laughs> fantastic and uh, before we even uh, get get stuck into the details of the sermon Sunday was um, Mother's Day uh, tell us a little bit about your own faith journey tell us a little bit about um, maybe your mum's impact if that uh, is part of it uh, tell us a little bit about uh, your history with the Uniting Church in terms of your own spiritual journey Oh, well, yeah. Um, uh, well, what can you say about your mum? Uh, I spoke uh, to my mum uh, on Sunday. Mum Dorothy Dart and uh, Dad Ken live in um, Beanley, where where I grew up with my uh, uh, my my brother Steve and uh, brother Greg and sister Wendy. So that was our core family, if you like. Um, so I'm the oldest of that that tribe, but. Um, my mum is a, uh, well, I guess my my initial nurturer uh, and uh, source of love. I grew up in a Christian family, and um, look, uh, I've, I've been blessed in my in my Christian walk, I suppose, through having many good people mentor me and uh, be with me along the way. Uh, I had a wonderful grandparents and uh, parents, so I feel blessed that from an early start, I, I was able to. Uh, um, start a faith journey, I suppose. Um, Vanessa and I were talking, right. and I'm not 100% sure when my journey started. You know, it was perhaps when I was about 14, I think I went up in some sort of meeting and said, yes, I want to be a Christian. But uh, we've come a long way from there. I guess that was about mm. 40 years ago. Okay. But mum, uh, my mother, just one thing about her, is she's uh, uh, an incredible woman. She's a writer, and you can Google Dorothy Dart. Sorry, Mum, but uh, she's a woman of words and a wordsmith, and uh, she certainly every occasion we've had where there's been a birthday or a special occasion, Mum, Mum will be very good at, at writing, um, writing to us, and that's been a very special blessing for all of us, in, uh, and wonderful. And I think I think one of the great things you see with your your parents as well is is them uh, mentoring your own children, and I think mm. that's that's an incredible. Um, gift um, both um, my parents and uh, Vanessa's parents have been a huge influence on um, Tim and Emily and that's been, been, been one that's great 
And difficult in this time of isolation not to be able to see them for Mother's Day and so oh, on. And, uh, sure, yeah, yeah. It'll be those, great. One yeah. of those difficult things and looking forward to when we can connect again and uh, hopefully yeah. that's that comes sooner rather than later. Well, living on a cane and, farm, we're used to self-isolation. <laughs> <laughs> right. We were we were chatting on Sunday, uh, or I was um, preaching on Sunday rather, about the uh, reinstatement of Peter after the miraculous catch of fish where uh, they catch 153 fish and then, then Jesus sits around a fire with them and they have breakfast and he, he reinstates Peter and, and famously asks him the three uh, uh, questions, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And um, I was really using that passage of scripture to to speak about living beyond failure, living, moving out of the um, the power or the grip of failure and into the freedom of, of forgiveness and restoration. Um, from now on, I mean, from the moment that that happened for the disciples, they were not supposed to be living with a sense that they had failed anymore. Jesus quite clearly says, um, you know, from this moment, we, we don't think that you've, we, we don't live like you've messed everything up, but you've mm. been freed. Um, as a general concept, how does that idea resonate with you? How does it fit with your own experience of the gospel um, in your life? I, 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 I love the fact that um, uh, God is a, he seeks, he restores, um, and he challenges, as you you said, and 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 God really does. Um, uh, restore and as part of that restoration we 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 can move on as peter did you know he was restored um we so it, it sits very well with me I, I rely on it uh the fact that god doesn't hold um uh you know has a, has a big book and is holding hmm. <laughs> all the stuff you've done wrong against you uh, my faith is dependent upon a god that uh loves me for for me, I believe God would have died. Jesus would have died on the cross if I had been the only person in the world, and and, and mm. that's taken a while for me to get to that level, I guess. But when you do achieve that level, where you understand that you are worthy of God's grace, I think that's um, it's an incredibly liberating um, time spiritually. And uh, I don't know when that happened in my life, but it's happened gradually, I think. But um, uh, certainly when you move to a point where you can um, perhaps really enjoy being uh, part of God's kingdom and mm. not having to sit around and uh, confess absolutely everything you've done. Yeah. God, God knows us. He loves us as in our humanity. Well, I think that's uh, that's a pretty key moment for, uh, or a pretty key concept for Peter that, um, you know, that he, he comes out of this just thinking life is absolutely messed up now. And, and Jesus says, I've actually created you to enjoy this life, to have life to the yeah. full, to serve yeah. me. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, I, I shared a, a story about going for an interview in which I, I failed miserably. It was one of those. It was one of those moments where you can get embarrassed every time you think about it, you know, even <laughs> if you just all by yourself. Um, but then I, I still got the job, and um, and as I started, I was I was freed of that that sense of failure and welcomed and treated like an equal. Mm. Is there a story in your life where um, where there was failure, but but you found that you were freed from that burden? 
I, I've thought about this a little, Stuart, but I, I think one of the best examples I have, which is similar to yours, perhaps relating to employment, uh, was where it was how I ended up working for Bundaberg Sugar, I guess. Um, I had been in Brisbane studying at the university and, and Vanessa and I had got married in 92 and uh, we were basically, uh, you know, getting ready to have a, our first child. Um, I was looking for work and, uh, you know, I had a lot of job applications in, had received some good responses, but uh, I went for one in particular, which was with uh, BSES, which stands for the Bureau of Sugar Experimental Stations. I and, knew that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they employ a lot of agronomists, or did. Um, <laughs> You're right. I went for a an interview in the head office and... Uh, the interview, as far as I was concerned, went 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 very well. Um, you know, good feedback, etc. But invariably, uh, you know, a couple of days later, I got the phone call, which which said, "Oh, well, thanks. You you did fantastically, but um, no cigar. I uh, didn't make the cut. So you know, it was mm. paid, you know, on my behalf. But um, as a result of going to that job interview, I'll go back one step. I guess I was I was sitting around. Some days later, after you know, looking for more jobs to apply for, and and the the phone rang, and it was the guy that employed me at Bundaberg Sugar, and he was an ex BSES uh, officer himself, and he had contacts with those that interviewed me, and he more or less said, "Well, who have you got? I'm I've got a job. But who who have you got rather than me having to to um, um, find someone to to you know go through the interview process." Mm -hmm. And they said, well, we got this bloke. He, he didn't make the cut for us, but he might be all right for you. So um, I, I guess um, I got that phone call and uh, 25, nearly 26 years later, I got, uh, I'm still here <laughs> in a range of positions. Yeah. But um, it, interestingly, uh, the other jobs, many of which I applied for, no longer exist. And indeed, the BCS right. yeah. no longer exist. So you know, it was a it was a major point in my faith journey where, where perhaps uh, I needed to uh, let go of the reins a little bit and let uh, let God, uh, um, you know, trust God a little bit more, which has been the story of my life really, uh, learning yeah. how to surrender, I guess. But yeah, um, that that was where I thought there had been a, a abject failure again. Uh, yet through mm. uh, God working in the background, there was. Um, I guess, and, and it was a burden for us at the time, you know, um, period, you know, we were looking for uh, stability and uh, somewhere mm. to raise our family. So, and God blessed us in that way. Yeah. 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 It's interesting. I mean, I don't know what the time period between the, the interview and then the the new new offer came through, but we've had quite a few comments on the, on uh, the actual sermon that um, was preached and a number of people speaking about different failures that, that sometimes have lasted for a long time in their lives, and um, and uh, realizing that that God wants us to move beyond those failures is just such a liberating thing. Um, mm. I, I'll never forget how I felt walking into that company in the morning, and uh, and and not being treated like somebody who was stupid. Uh, it was just amazing. I, I imagine Peter felt the same when when Jesus says. I still want you to feed my lambs. Yeah, yeah, uh, and he's—he's, he's, uh, I think, you know, um, one of my absolute 
uh, favourite parables in the Bible, I think, is um, is is the prodigal son and uh, the fact that uh, so many images are there in the in the in that story. But uh, the one that, uh, and we'll probably touch on it a bit later. But the magnificent part of that story, in my mind, is when the the, the father meets the son. The father right. isn't so much worried about what the son had been doing. He was mm. just glad that he was there and regaled him in, um, if you like, uh, uh, robes and, 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 and he partied and God partied because um, his son had come home. I, I don't think there was any sort of sitting around mulling over what he'd done and how bad that was. I mean, there was... There was well, I mean, he doesn't even let him get the confession out. That's right, yeah. yeah. You know, yeah. the, the son starts speaking and the father just says, there's no time for that. Come on, just let's go. Um, yeah. 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 And, uh, that, I mean, I mean, that probably touches a little bit on um, on uh, what I was saying in uh, in the sermon that Jesus seeks us out in the midst of um, in in the midst of failure. For me, that's one of the most uh, beautiful aspects of the gospel. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That would fit in with the prodigal son too. And and maybe are there other moments for you, Ian, where um, despite the things that have happened, you've just been aware that Jesus is is seeking you? Uh, I think so. Uh, <laughs> I know mean, so. Um, I, I guess the challenge, and I guess it comes as third part of what we're talking about, is that um, we we often uh, um, hear uh, or often prompted, but fail to act, and and uh, that in itself can uh, cause guilt and can cause uh, uh, times of confession and um, uh, for you to uh, to feel bad about yourself, perhaps. But I think God's yeah. incredibly mm. patient, and and God is waiting for you to turn around. Um, to be completely honest, you know, there are times during this um, lockdown where where I felt spiritually flat. And um, for whatever reason, um, just to change, you know, um, all the news and whatever. And just recently, you know, I, I've found myself praying, God, meet me where I am at. And, um, you know, it's like the song, you know, I can come no other way. You know, Jesus, take me as I am. Mm. But um, often, often I think we have to, uh, we, we think we have to achieve some sort of level uh, in order to come into God's presence. But, uh, um, yeah. yeah, so recently there's been a time where I probably felt a little bit flat spiritually, um, but for, for probably a week or so, and then and then was able to sort of um, find, find a uh, spiritual awareness through being still and through, uh, and God, God meets me. I, I also like driving around, uh, do a lot of driving, I guess, in my job. And um, one of the great things that where God has seeked me out is is sitting in the passenger seat without the radio right. on, and um, it's amazing what what <laughs> things uh, um, how God will prompt and um, cajole and uh, move you. And uh, I think, yeah, we we certainly um, God does <clears throat> not stop seeking you out. No. Uh, just uh, I put that comment up a, a little bit too early, but uh, Denise said there. I wonder if um, failure is a is a hidden word for opportunity, and it certainly is opportunity for connection with God, opportunity for for restoration. Uh, what do you think, Ian? Yeah, absolutely. I think I've sort of touched on it before. I think that some of the failures that we have are perhaps uh, where we have missed opportunity to be Jesus mm. to someone, and. Um, uh, I can remember years ago. I was uh, when I was at, at uni, first year, uh, 
huge big lecture hall, first year lecture theatre. And a guy got up and uh, more or less uh, before the lecture started, uh, said, hi, my name's Larry. I'm a Christian and I'm looking forward to being with all of you over this journey. And I was sitting next to a guy and I must have shrunk down to about uh, two centimetres tall. And uh, he said, this guy's a bit over the top. And I remember thinking, well, oh, yeah, yes, he sure is. <laughs> but um, um, that guy was one of the major influences in my life. And uh, for a no, period of time, I, I haven't seen him for, for, for many years. But um, certainly at that time, God put him in my life. Um, but I missed an opportunity there. And I, I still remember it many years later where I could have mm. said to the guy next to me, no, no, that guy's on to the right thing, you know. But um, I think there are countless opportunities that have been missed. I know yeah. personally, um, but I think God's patient and if, God works with us, and God works despite all of our failings. So, you know, I, I, I think God. <laughs> well, that, that's be God the, without us. <laughs> that, that's the great thing that um, that that God seeks to restore and seeks to heal. I mean, that's the whole. The, the, the gospel is one of good news and um, yeah. and and forgiveness, which is. Uh, we often live in the shadow of that failure, but um, yeah. but but yeah, absolutely. The restoration is what what he does, and he does that for Peter. Where um, where I particularly like the fact uh, that he doesn't like he doesn't ask for the confession, the same as no. the the prodigal no. son's father doesn't, yeah. doesn't want it. Why why do you think that that we as Christians generally are so um, Obsessed might be the wrong word, but but so focused on confession. Why do we place such an emphasis on confession? Uh, maybe I, I, I guess maybe um, we culturally think of God as being this omnipotent character that sits somewhere that's un, unachievable to get to, who's somehow keeping a track on what our um, misgivings are, and as a God of retribution, a God of um, you know. Thunder and lightning. Mm -hmm. um, uh, I, I, confession is a major part of, of, of my worship, obviously, but um, it's not the the only part. And I think you said in your sermon, Stuart, that there were many times where we can we can pray, and all we're doing is is confessing, and we're not actually mm. uh, worshiping yes. by doing anything else. But uh, we certainly do get hung up on it, and and I guess some of that's to do with guilt. And I think guilt is essentially from Satan. Um, you know, he, he's out to try and keep you from God and from the joy that, and peace that comes with a close relationship with God. And a good way mm -hmm. of doing that is to keep you noisy. And a, another good way of doing that is to keep you guilty. So, you know, I think yeah, uh, I think uh, that's a challenge. Well, you, you touched on an important part. And, uh, folks, if I can just say keep the comments coming. We, we love reading them as they come up. If you want to uh, put a question or a comment in there, go for it. Um, you touched on an interesting point that you we say we see this God as this omnipotent uh, being, sort of uh, all-knowing and and keeping this this record. I, I wonder if we if we struggle with confession or, or we want to keep doing confession because we actually struggle to accept forgiveness. Yeah. Yes. And does that come from does that come from uh, perhaps uh, spiritual confidence or uh, connectiveness with God? Um, surrender, perhaps, uh, all of those things that come from uh, being close to God, having God as a personal, uh, a personal God, as opposed to that God that's sitting in the clouds, perhaps, um, uh, maybe, I don't know. Yes, 
Yeah. I think uh, um, Trevor Gibson put up there, how serious do we take confession? I think uh, <clears throat> I, I think the um, the idea of confession is 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 a, is almost a state of being for me. Like I was saying in the in the sermon on Sunday, mm. that we live with an attitude of of, of having confessed, and uh, instead of this idea that that our forgiveness is dependent on it. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, I think so. Confession is a. Uh, is an important part of I think uh, uh, I think when I pray I, I, I perhaps try to if you like re, uh, um, have God resolve that which needs resolving in my life first perhaps at that time right. of prayer and then move into a time of, of, of perhaps <clears throat> celebrating being saved um, being able to accept the joy or uh, uh, God's grace that uh, he accepts, accepts me for, for who I am. He loves mm. me as a human. He loves the human absolutely um, being. And I think well, a major point in my faith journey came when I could accept that, you know, when you could say, look, uh, God loves me despite me. And mm. um, um, he's not interested in what I've done. He's interested in that relationship with me personally, and he's interested in right. communing with me at every level, um, big, small, indifferent. God is um, uh, God of, of, of the big and the small, and uh, mm. whether we are, um, and he wants to be, I think, that yeah, that, that wonderful word, commune uh, with us. And sometimes communing isn't talking or, or praying, it's just being still. And perhaps during this, this time of, um, uh, social separation. We've had a, an opportunity to uh, be still, and um, gee whiz, you know, there's some fantastic sort of um, sit and be quiet and look at a, a sunset, and not have to rush out somewhere. Uh, sit and be quiet and just look at the moon coming up over a huge horizon. It's 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 um, it's just communing with God. In um, right. Right, <clears throat> Ian. Just uh, now, we're getting time runs out on these things pretty, well, pretty yeah. quickly. Um, I I enjoy the fact that Peter is still challenged. That uh, that God still says to him, um, "I want you to love me. I want you to serve me, and and actually, I want you to to give your life for me." Yeah. I I think those are the same things that are said to us. Uh, the same challenge that comes in our own restoration. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you, how do you think we can keep that challenge as as a focus of our lives? <laughs> I'm trying to practice the art of surrender, <laughs> and that's uh, something that I, uh, you know, uh, trying to die to self and uh, mm -hmm. perhaps not pray, uh, Lord, why, uh, why did this happen, and trying to understand the mind of God. But perhaps try to practice uh, praying. How how can I be Jesus to wherever I'm at, whoever I'm with, uh, whether right. it's at work, whether it's at home, wherever it is. But how we do that really involves uh, the community, uh, our, our faith community, and uh, the support of others. And uh, and certainly uh, you can't do it on your own. You need you need to be uh, able to uh, rely on others to uh, be accountable to. Uh, and 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 also four, and uh, I think um, they're all, all part of what it means to be uh, in a church community. Mm. Uh, but 
surrendering self as in what Peter did, I suppose, physically. I mean, um, the challenge for me personally is to 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 try and do that more regularly, <laughs> uh, more naturally, perhaps uh, in in the way that I live my life, and uh, to try and um, uh, surrender to God's um, to, to my concerns, anxieties, whatever it is, to Him. Right. And, uh, uh, find uh, that, that, that one of the greatest sort of uh, areas in which I've found spiritual. Um, joy is is when one has had a burden removed or given to god you know an anxiety or an anger or a frustration and um and that really is a, 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 a pure joy pure peace and it it has occurred so you know uh, and it generally occurs when we are open to god and not so much open to what we think god should be doing mm. Mm. great and uh, the idea of um of um moving moving past failure and and living in the freedom of forgiveness um <clears throat> yeah well if we, you, yeah mm -hmm. <laughs> we look at uh what happened after the prodigal son got home there was a big party you know <laughs> I think, uh, gee whiz you know god loves laughter um he loves uh family he loves friends he loves uh he loves it when we're together and uh celebrating and worshiping and uh, uh joyful and um, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. I mean, I think God is there. Um, yeah, we, you know, that, that's a major part of, of, of who we can be. And um, uh, I think, I think, yeah, the God, God is is a God who who loves to see us restored and loves to see us uh, yeah. close to Him. Awesome. You know, I can't believe each week how, how quickly these this half an hour goes. But um, are there any uh, a couple of comments we we haven't been able to get to at the end? Uh, any anything you'd like to deal with, or any last um, things you'd like to to say, or or, or point out, or no, I, no, I think uh, I, you know I've been very uh, thankful for people in my life who have uh, mentored uh, mentored me. And have been, um, you know, God brings people into your life and out of your life at times. And, you know, we're certainly blessed to to have uh, you and Deb uh, in our life, in, in the life of our oh, con uh, con uh, congregation, in, in our lives personally. And God just blesses Likewise, you. Likewise, thank you. God blesses you with people as you as you go through <clears throat> through life. And when you look back on the people who've, who've influenced you know your life you know you, you you can see that you know you may not have much to do with them anymore but they were there and uh, god put them there for a reason you know and um it was to either teach you something or to assist you in becoming closer to god and uh, right I, I i i guess that's the final comment yeah. oh and a good place to leave it in uh, thank you very much for for telling tonight if you if you want to know what an agronomist is, uh, have a chat to Ian. He'd, he's on Facebook. You can send him a message and uh, he'll tell you a little bit more about what he does. But, um, but Ian, it's just been really awesome to uh, connect with you in this conversation and just um, tap into some of your life experience, uh, your journey with Christ. And thank you for being open and honest and, and willing to share. Oh, thanks. Thanks very much, Stuart, and uh, for the opportunity. And just like to say thank you to everybody we haven't seen seen a lot of people for a, for a, you know um, we're looking forward to sharing together at church again and uh, being up mm. together with friends and uh, family and so yeah, we look forward to uh, to uh, rules reducing a little bit um, great I'll give you thanks thanks uh, thank, 
Thanks, Ian. Thank you uh, very much to all of you for engaging. Thank you for being part of the conversation. Thank you for joining us in uh, in this connecting conversation. And I pray God's blessing upon you as uh, as we navigate our way out of the restrictions wherever you are in the world that would apply. And uh, and thanks for uh, taking the time to tune in. God bless and enjoy your evening. <laughs>